Welcome to the Pascal Ngwe Podcast. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal is an anointed teacher of the Word of God who makes the Bible to come alive. Get ready to be empowered as you listen to the Word of God. I would like to welcome all of us to the presence of Jesus tonight. Amen. Now, I want to remind you of something very, very important. Please, buy this. Own this. Have this. I'm not sure how much it cost when I bought when I bought mine, I think it was like three fifty. I think it has become even cheaper now. You get them for two fifty. Please, I'm begging you, buy this. It's earpods. It's a great tool for growth, spiritual growth in our times. I know what I'm talking about because. This has helped me a lot. It helped me shut down. You see, the same way people use this to shut down from the world and they enter another world. Hip-hop, all those things. We shut down the world around us and we enter the world of the spirit with this. Use this when you are praying. Pray with this. You will be way more effective in your prayer. Then, when you pray, pray with messages. Don't use music much when you pray. Don't pray with songs. It's not, I'm not, okay, let me not say don't press it. Just preferably, okay, now that the sound is good, just reduce the volume a bit. Not the, the, the effect, just the volume. All right, that's preferably use preaching. When you are praying, use preaching. Use preaching. Put on a message. As the message is playing, you are praying. These are keys that have helped me a lot in my journey. I can pray without earphones. I used to pray like that before, but like I'm saying, I've discovered I'm more effective. When I put my earphones on, I put a message on, and I start praying with it. God does more quicker in me that way than when I'm just there praying, hearing everything that is going on around me. So your ears are very, very sensitive to everything that is going on. So you are easily distracted. When I'm praying, so I do a few things. First of all, I close my eyes and I put my earphones on. And immediately, I enter another world. I can be here with you, but I'm not here. I close my eyes. I put my earphones. I put on a message and I start praying. And I create a certain world. If you want to become effective in prayer, do these things I'm telling you. 
first of all, honor your time of prayer with God. Put value to your prayer time with God. Don't take your prayer time cheaply. Value your prayer time with God. If you had an appointment with a man who could give you a job, would you get there late? If you had an appointment with a person that they told you that no, this thing, like I heard the story of a certain a certain lady, they, they said they found cancer in her eye. She was like two weeks from getting married. And then they discovered cancer and two weeks or two months, something like that. From getting married. Then they found cancer in the eye. Then the doctor told her, No, we have to remove that eye. Then she is few weeks away from her wedding. Her mother went to see her pastor. Say, Pastor, what do I do? My daughter is getting married in a few weeks' time. The doctor has said we must move one eye. So she's going to get married with one eye. Ah. The pastor said, no, there must be another solution. Take this money. Go and try other opinions. When they one, two, three. Hey, there's no. There's a doctor somewhere in another country. He could maybe operate this thing without removing the eye. Long and short, that doctor being a good doctor, I mean that, that pastor being a good pastor, he sponsored. No. Go. Let him see. They arrived there. Indeed, the doctor discovered that it was not even cancer. This girl was going to lose her eye for free. It was not even cancer to start with. This did not come from her doctor in her country. It came from a man of God. A man of God that God used to spare her daughter. The value we place on God, the value, if you could understand who God is and what God can do for you, you will lift your value of him. You will honor your appointment with him. When we come here on Sunday, we come here on Sunday for many reasons. Some of us like certain things about Sunday. We all have a reason why we come on Sunday. But anybody that comes to Friday, Jonathan, is different because Friday we don't have a lot of things, just a few things that we are busy here with. Most of the time, we are talking to God. So if you come on Friday, especially if you come at four, it means you really love God. 
Because from 4 o'clock, you will be talking to him only. Nobody will be talking to you. Nobody will be doing anything for you. You'll be talking to him alone. That you really must love him. You really must believe in him for you to be here at 4. It must really mean something to you for you to do that. Otherwise, you always put it, I'm going to come that time, that time, that time. So it shows the value that you place on prayer and the value that you place on the person you are talking to. It shows the value. Because I was at work today. (laughs) I left my house around five. I was at work. I finished work, came home. Within a few minutes, I'm here. As if I have nothing to do with my life. The value, the value you place on something. The value you place on something. You, you can't not, you don't value something, but the thing will value you. There is a reason why you cannot come on time. We understand. But everybody here, there are so many things that you fight to be there on time. Sometimes the meeting is in Johannesburg, but you fight to be there on time. But the meeting is just here in Kalanyoni. You can't come on time at all. You can't. It's because you don't value him yet. There seems to be so many things that are important that I'm going to do this first. See, those things you are doing first are what you value. That's what you value. That's what you value. I taught him, you used to come late all the time. Because you will finish well, go home and change. Then come. I said to you, what is more important? Going home and changing and coming late. Than coming to God in your uniform and making it on time. And talking to God. When you value it, which one is more important? <laughs> can't be late for a meeting and I'm still caring about how I'm going to look. He said, I don't value it. I value other things more than that thing. I value my look, my appearance, more than I value God. So I will come late for God as long as I look the way I want to look. Is that your value? That's your I would like to see those clothes save you from trouble. I would like to see those clothes when you are now in trouble. I would like to see, bring all your clothes. All these things that you put so high, bring them to know, save me. I've, I've, I put God aside because of you. Value. Sorry, no, it's fine. I think this one is sensitive, so I think I pressed. Praise God. So I pray that this training that I'm doing with you every Friday, because I know one thing, Angela, the day you really enter the presence of God, like really, 
will never want anything else less than the presence of God. Never. People that joke with the presence of God don't know the presence of God. They don't know it. There's nothing in this world that can compare to the presence of God. Once you've encountered his presence, you've felt him. You will never want to be in a meeting again and you don't feel him. And you are okay with that meeting. You will be ready to pay any price to feel that way again. To be in that environment again. How do you explain that a man will go to a mountain for 40 days and he's not bored? Because you don't know God. That's why you think he's boring. That's why you think, no, I can't be in his presence for more than two hours. I mean, what is that? I'm, I'm going to be talking about this. You don't know him yet. When you really meet God, you will realize that you don't have enough time. You will realize one day is not enough. Two days, not enough. Three days, not enough. One week, as soon as the week is finished, you will feel, hey, Lord, I wish we had more time together. You can never get enough of the God who created the universe known and unknown. You can't. So anything you are getting that is making you feel you know him, you are under heavy deceptions. Heavy deceptions. You are so deceived. You are so deceived. Your greatest question, I want to know God. I want to know God. I want to know him. I want to grow in him. Make a lot of noise. Christianity today has become noise. A lot of noise. A lot of facade. The real power is not there. It's not there. Don't fall for that thing. Don't fall for that thing. And you cannot fabricate it in church. That's why you are struggling. Because you can't fabricate it in church for two hours. It's something that must be with you. That's what I was teaching last week. It must be a lifestyle you have on your own. A person who hasn't met God in his bedroom cannot meet God in the church easily. You can't. Because the distractions in the church are too much. You must have met him already by yourself. You must have known the way by yourself before you can take people through the way. How do you think God was able to use Moses to bring the people of Israel through? Moses had gone through that journey 40 years earlier by himself. A true leader must go the way first before you're taking people in the way. You can't be with the people like I was watching National Geographic during the week and this hyena it's in charge of the other hyenas. No, actually wild dogs. In charge of the other wild dogs. And then there's a serious problem. There's no water. Then she is in charge. She has to find water. She took them to a place. As soon as they arrived, they found that the water has dried up. And as the water dried up, a, 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 a band of hyenas came to meet them. So it was a very difficult time. They managed to survive. When they survived, they punished their leader. They punish her. They beat her. Blood all over the place. You know why? Because they felt she endangered them. First of all, she made them go for distance. They are already thirsty. Then she made them go, 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 go. And when they arrived, the water that she knew had dried. Then other hyenas had come for the same water. So they didn't find the water. They found those guys there. It became war. 
So not only they are thirsty, they didn't find water, they're finding war. So when they survived, they said, by the way, who brought us here? Who brought us here? Who's the leader? They dealt with her. Now these are animals, they don't even have, like, they, they don't talk like us, but they know who to punish. They know who to punish. You see, your followers will punish you by leaving you. They punish you by not respecting you. Because you are not taking them to the right place. The Lord is, he leaded me to green pastures. Why? Because he's gone there before. I can't be going with you. I have to go first. Find a way. Then I come and say, okay, come guys, let's go. I already know the way. Why is Jesus the only person who can take you to heaven? He's from there. He made the way from there to here and he made the way back. So, of all people that have ever lived, the safest person you should trust your life with to go to heaven is somebody who has come from there and has managed to go back there again. All of us, we are from here. We are born here. So, even when we are telling you there's heaven, we don't know the, I mean, I don't know the way. He doesn't know. He said, I am the way. I am the way. That's why we trust him. You should be careful to put your trust in a person that is a human being like you, that was born here, grew up here, everything here, and they said, no, I know the way to heaven. And that what happened in Kenya. This pastor took people in the forest, made them starve to death to meet Jesus. Then buried all of them. Then he is alive. All the congregation he has exterminated them. But he is alive. It's amazing that he doesn't want to see Jesus. But he has convinced his whole congregation to die of starvation to meet Jesus. Until last month, they were still exhumating dead corpse. That's what happens when you don't know him personally. Every deception, you'll fall for it. Every deception, you'll fall for it. You don't read the Bible. You don't spend time with him to know him intimately. Anything that anybody will say, you'll fall for it. Develop a personal prayer time with him. Personal. I cannot allow a whole week to end. I haven't prayed for one hour. I didn't pick it there. I prayed one hour to talk to my Jesus. But I'm waiting for a special uh, church service. Then I start showing a lot of excitement. It's fake excitement. It's not genuine. Because when you are alone, you are not giving Jesus that excitement. Do you know what we call these things? Public display of affection, PDA. Public display of affection. You know those people that in the house they don't talk to each other. They don't kiss. I mean, kissing is medieval type of behaviors. But as soon as they come out of the house, honey, 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 honey. Public display of affection. But when it's pri- private, privately, they don't do those things. When they see people, honey, I love you. 
I need you. This and this. That's what we do with Jesus. We use public display of affection with Jesus. Personally, do you have personal time where you tell Jesus, I love you? This is just me and you right now. You're waiting for public. Then you are displaying your affection. It's fake. It's not genuine. You don't even know whom you are talking to. So last week I started teaching you start in the private place. Start in the secret place. He who dwells in the God is in the secret place. Locate the secret place. Develop a secret place experience with Jesus. It will bring a lot of benefit to your life. A lot of benefits. Most of the things that Jesus has told me, I didn't hear them when I was with people. Him and me. See, I tell me something. If you want to say something very important to somebody, do you say it in the public where there's a lot of people? But you want to give a very vital information to somebody. Do you take a microphone and start saying, okay, I was saying uh, the money that I, 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 I earned last week, I put it under the carpet. If you enter the house, you just took under the carpet, you turn on the right there, you find everything is inside there, there will be a little tissue on top, then you remove the tissue, the money is there. You say that in the microphone everywhere. How come when you want to say things that are important, you take a person in a corner, just the two, and you even whisper. But with Jesus, you don't have corner experiences with him. You just have shouting. Jesus! Yeah, 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 I love you. But can you say it in private? Can you say it in private? Before next week, many people here will become true worshippers. True worshippers. True worshippers. They will have personal time with Jesus. Personal time. Can I tell you something? Most of your great deliverance will come personal. Just you and Jesus. I told you guys last week that sometimes I'm in my room. The Lord starts delivering me. I start rolling. I can feel a demon is coming out of me. I start rolling on the floor by myself. Hey! And I can't stop it. Like I can sense a power has entered. Alone in my bedroom. So I have developed his presence to a degree where he can even operate the deliverance on me. And I will be rolling. The chairs will be, everything will be sacked. I mean, messed up. Then I will say, thank you, Jesus. Something has left me. Something has left me. Can you be that deep with him that he can even operate deliverance on you? You are so conscious. Before next Friday, before next Friday, many people here will become true worshippers. True worshippers. Like your worship will be genuine when you are talking to him. It's from the bottom of your heart. Never allow clothes to keep you away from Jesus. And never allow people 
Satan will use people. People to keep you away from Jesus. Maybe you don't know him well. That's why you are joking like that. If you like joke. Jesus almost lost the ministry because of Peter. People can be used. Praise the Lord. People can be used to derail you. Okay, let me say, Satan can use people. And sometimes even very respectable people. Because Jesus had already appointed Peter. I mean, he has already told him, no, I'll build a church with you. The next thing we know, Satan is using this guy to derail Jesus. Be careful of people. (laughs) Be very careful of people. If your eyes are not open, people will be used to derail you. And you will be derailed with your eyes open. Can't pray again. Can't, Can't read the word again. You know Satan has sent somebody when every time you are with this person, your prayer life is finished. Like, you have never been with this person and you felt spiritual. No, you know Satan has sent this person. Like, they are work in you, by the time their work is done, all your little spirituality is cleared. And you are also entertaining it. You can see that you are dying slowly, but you are entertaining it. How do I know that God has sent somebody in my life? As soon as I'm in the presence of this person, I feel God. I feel I must become spiritual. Like I'm, 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 I'm challenged to become spiritual. I'm challenged to develop spiritual. And how do I know Satan has sent somebody? When I'm with this person, I, I feel temptations. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Temptations to not go to church. Temptation to do other things than godly things. But you are feeling the temptation are stronger. That is a sign to you. You are with an agent. I know it doesn't look like it. When I look at Peter, Peter, but you are not Peter. It doesn't look like it, but ah, somebody has entered there. And you are not aware of it. You are not aware of it. And a lot of us lack the guts of Jesus. You say, I think I know who is here now. This is not you. We will just flow. <laughs> All right, let's flow, let's flow, let's flow. You are just flowing. And you can sense that another voice is not speaking. You can sense that you are changing. You can sense that nothing is any more spiritual around you. But you are flowing. You are flowing. A flow, a flow, a flow, a flow, a flow. Wow. Receive strength tonight to be able to confront an agent when you see one. Receive strength. Don't be a weak, don't be a damo. The Bible says Adam was not deceived. 
Adam was not deceived. No, I mean, Eve was deceived, but Adam was not deceived. So Adam knew what he was doing. <laughs> Adam was not deceived. You know, deception is very powerful. When you are deceived, you are thinking that what you are doing is right. But Adam was not deceived. In other words, Adam knew that what I'm doing is wrong. This is not what God told me to do. And he was doing it. A lot of us, we are not deceived. You know very well that this is wrong. You know very well that this person is not right for me. You know very well that what I'm doing right now is not going to take me anywhere. You know, you are not deceived. You are like Adam. Adam was not deceived. But the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Unfortunately, Adam equally fell into transgression as a deceived person. Yet he was not deceived. All the tools were there. Discernment was working. Understanding was working. Wisdom was working. Knowledge was working. Revelations was working. Visions were working. Everything was working. And the man still went and ate the fruit. Why? He was a weak man. It's a weakness. Weak. The difference between Jesus and Adam is simple. Jesus was strong. Jesus could confront. And they said, no, 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 no. This is not the evil, no. The evil, no, cannot be asking me to do something God said I shouldn't do. Both of them were dealing with trees. Jesus had just said, I'm going to go on the cross, which is a tree. Then, Adam, I mean, a Peter, who was his closest assistant, his closest helper, Satan entered the guy. To divert the purpose. Eve was the closest assistant to Adam. The closest helper. And there was a tree. And Satan entered her. And Adam was not deceived. But he was weak. He knew what he was doing was wrong. But he still did it. Because he didn't know how to say no to his wife. He didn't know how to say no to his friend. He didn't know how to say, no, I'm not going to do this. This is not what I want to do. And you must be careful because Adam is our father, all of us. So that nature, if you don't get close to Jesus enough, so that Jesus can clear that nature, it will, you keep that Adamic nature in you. Even though you are born again, you will still have that Adamic nature in you. Look at the problems that Adam has caused to us. Simply because he couldn't say, no woman, you are lost. And if you want to be lost, be lost alone. I'm not going to follow you in this. It takes strength to do that. It takes strength to say, if this is the last day you and I will be friends, so be it. But I'm not going to follow you in disobedience to the word of God. It takes a lot of strength to do that. It takes a lot of strength to look at a person that was good just a second earlier and now you can say this person is no more the same person and to say to the person, listen, even if it's going to cost our friendship, I want you to know, I'm never going to compromise my values because of you. And, and, and that's why the church is full of weak people. People who cannot make a decision and stand on that decision. And Satan likes people with such a nature. They will never obey God. 
as soon as they begin to get you to the will of God, Satan will bring an agent and the agent will do something good and after doing something good, the agent will change and they will not be able to spot it or to face it. And they will just be taken. Alright. Praise the Lord. We're just going to give a chance to our guys to sweep quickly. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Are you blessed? Wow. You are becoming strong. You are becoming strong. You are becoming strong. You are becoming strong. One of the things God wants to do in your life and in my life is to make us strong. Be strong. He told Peter, you are Simon. I can't do much with you when you are like this. Easily influenced. Easily what? Easily influenced. You are Simon. You are flicky. You are flicky. As soon as you enter this environment, hey, the vibe is, I'm a piano. You hit, I'm a piano. You are and you come to this, you come to this vibe, the vibe is reggae. You start reggaeing it. Then you come to this one, hip hop. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Hey. You are easily, ask your neighbor, are you easily influenced? Easily influenced. Like, it seems like you, you adjust to anything you find. You just, you come here, people here, they drink, you start drinking. You come here, people, they do the, you are just influenced. You don't seem to have a voice of your own. You don't seem to have your own voice. It's very bad. It's very bad. It's very bad. <laughs> you see, God cannot build much on such a person. It's a very dangerous person. As a dangerous person. That's a person that will drop you at the wrong time. That's a person that cannot stand pressure. All Satan has to do is to turn up the heat a little bit. They'll break. And they change just now. These are your demises. They leave you at the wrong time. As soon as things get a bit tough, they start adjusting. They will wake up in the morning and they say, no, pastor said we must fast. I'm going to fast today. But 12 o'clock, Satan start increasing the heat. He says to the demon, take, take it to 50. Let's see. Take it you say in the name of Jesus I'm fasting today so, oh, take it to 60 bring two people with Zimba chips bring a few cause him to see something on social media very delicious it's increasing it's increasing and you start seeing you know I think I fasted half a day then he sent other forces. He sent some suggestion, su- suggestive voices. I think we fasted half the day. It's not bad. Some people didn't even fast today. I mean, when I think about Tepan, did Tepan fast? I don't think he fasted today. Tepan didn't fast today. He starts suggesting people that didn't fast today. That he has taken it to a whole new level. Then by three o'clock, headache. He said, I kick the headache. Oh, God. 
fact that you have a headache, everybody will understand. You need to eat something so you can take the pills. Just a little bit, just a little bit of heat. Simon is already melting. The same thing that makes one metal melt makes another metal stronger. You'll be surprised. You melt butter with heat. But you bake cake with heat. You'll be surprised. The same thing that is making this one melt has rather made this one stronger. Like, ah, headache. Now, I will, sh- I will now show you that I'm going to fast today. You will see today. You will see something today. You will see something today. The, your approach is still very, very elementary. That's why you can't get certain results. I mean, if you can't fast one day, just one day, you can't fast. You are struggling to fast for one day. How far can we go then? What can we achieve? Let's be honest with ourselves. The sooner you get onto the real business, the better. <laughs> get into real business. Hello! Are you going to fake the fasting? Okay, therefore, the scripture that says, this can go except through prayer and fasting. You will never fulfill that scripture. So it means that certain things that require prayer and fasting will never leave. They will never go anywhere. Because I agree, you can't fast. You can't fast. So a certain kind is there for a thousand years. Never go out. Do you understand what we are dealing with? This is what we are dealing with. Please, let's wake up. Let's wake up. However, this kind does not go out except this is Jesus, your Savior. He's the one speaking here. Please understand that this is not just somebody that went to theology school. This is Jesus, the Son of the Living God, telling you that a certain kind, a certain kind of problem, a certain kind of difficulty, a certain kind of attack will not reside until you add fasting. And you hate fasting. Are you surprised things are not changing? Fasting is still a a fight. Because you are focusing on the food, not on the results. When you start focusing on what fasting can achieve for you, you will see that food is too cheap. Food is too cheap to steal your destiny. Food is too cheap to steal your future. It's too cheap. It's too cheap. It's too cheap. It's too cheap. The consequences of two things, can you eat for two hours? I mean maximum 15 minutes, you are done. That 15 minutes, the consequences, sometimes it's a lifetime. Yeah. Esau didn't eat for more than an hour. It was just a few minutes that he ate. But the consequence of that eating was a lifetime. Somebody will enter a room with a person. Five minutes is enough. They are done. But as she is walking out, or as he is walking out, something has entered their body. That will be for a lifetime. So that when you now look back, you say, this five minutes 
compared to the lifetime. What, like what is more costly here? What is more costly? So you see, you are under deceptions. It's deception. So you are deceived into thinking, no, I need this. I must have this. Think about it. After you got it, then you got something bigger than what you thought you got. Hmm? Are we talking tonight? Yes. Yes. It's time to wake up. It's time to stop pretending you are a Christian. It's time to look at your life properly. Look at your life properly. That has been my... If you've been listening to me at Kalanyon, I've been talking about more or less the same things. I keep talking about the same thing because the Holy Ghost knows us. Break free from this deception that, no, I go to Allah Babacha. Allah Babacha is nothing. You can be going to Allah Babacha till you die. Do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship, a, a living relationship with Jesus? That's the question you should ask yourself. Don't tell me I go to Allah Baba Church. Don't tell me Pastor Pascal is my pastor. The real question is Jesus your savior. Do you have a relationship, a living and working relationship with Jesus? Do you have it? Because I don't see any Pastor Pascal saving you when you die. I don't see any Pastor Pascal coming there and say, okay, this one is, uh, I've been, uh, what are you talking about? And we are so deceived. We are stuck here. We are stuck here. We are stuck here. We are stuck here. As long as I can convince this one and this one and this one that we are still Christians. What can that thing do? Listen to me tonight. Eh? I'm telling you tonight. Look at your life. You are not a child anymore. Stop thinking as a child. You are no more a child. Sit down and assess yourself. Come out of deceptions. You are running out of time. You are running out of time. Correct your life now. Correct it. Correct what must be corrected. Stop deceiving yourself. Stop deceiving yourself. major things that have spoiled the church. Christian television, Christian gospel music, these two things have spoiled the church. Christian television, the same, like Christian television has caused more damage to the church than good. Yeah, to be honest with you. Because Christian televisions, we've all, that's actually how we transited into the world. Because the world, you know how the world do that thing? Hey, somebody can be coming from a shack right there. Do you understand? As soon as they enter the studio, hey, they take them into a room there. They polish them. Do you understand? They polish them, fix everything. Even if they were crying a second earlier, they remove all those things, they fix them nicely, and they present you to the camera, and everybody feels, wow. And after that, you go back to your shack. That's, that's television. So, when the church also entered Christian television, they noticed that, hey, we cannot show people this. No, 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 no. Don't show that. No, don't show this. Hey, no, no, don't show that one. Don't show that one. So we started entering into a polishing. Polishing. So we polish everything. Everything looks pink. Then we are all watching these things. And like, wow. This is it. But you look at your life, you don't have it. So it's no. I think, let me fake it. Because you say it on TV, everybody is happy, 
Everybody is enjoying. Have they ever shown you their difficulties in the Christian television? Have they ever shown you the backyard, the, like beyond that studio? If you watch our YouTube, all you see, you, do, you not even know that that thing is black, that thing behind. You see that thing there? If you watch the YouTube, it is that black board that you see there. But on YouTube, it's a nice blue. You will never know. If I don't tell you that this is what appears, you will never think it is. You will never know that this is it. And that is how a lot of things are happening on TV. It is not what you think it is. They just sit, and then they come and say, oh no, I was this, and then this happened, and then the man of God did this, and then this, yo, something is happening, something is happening, something is happening, and you are, you are, also, you are also taken away. You are taken away. Your Christianity becomes a television Christianity. It's not genuine. So you learn what to do, you learn how to jump, you learn how to lift the hands, you learn what to say because they teach you, you are learning how to do it. The same way in the world, they show you that this is how you do it. Also in the church, the Christian television is teaching you how to fake worshiping God, how to fake, and they say, hallelujah, oh Jesus, Jesus, we teach you how to do those things. You learn how to do it. So you just come there, there's no spirit in you, there's no power in you, you are not feeling anything, but you are faking as if you are feeling something, something is happening to you. And before you know it, that becomes your reality. So you start living a life of sin, but you can come to church and fake Christianity. So you don't have pressure anymore to live right. You don't have pressure anymore to really see God. I mean, if I can fake it and make it look like I have it and convince people that I have it, why should I go to the hard work? That has always been Satan's proposal. Why do you want to go and die on the cross when you can just kneel down here and I give you everything? It has always been the same thing. Why do I have to fast first? Why do I have to go and fast and go through this hard labor of reading the word, doing all these things, when I can just come and pretend as if I fasted? And pretend as if I was reading the word all week. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, you're speaking to me. Lord, you're speaking to me. God is moving. And you are faking the whole thing. And people are feeling, wow, that sister is spiritual. No, that brother, you know, he has the spirit. He has the spirit. That's the spirit right there. GPS. Location. Break out of these things. You are just deceiving yourself. The worst type of deception is self-deception. Self-deception. And you know what self-deception is? Don't merely listen to the word. Don't be listener. Don't be hearers of the word. And not doers. It's in in the book of James. Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Be ye doers. You only break deception when you start doing things. It's only when you start doing things that you break deceptions. Especially self-deception. Self-deceptions are not broken by prayer. Self-deceptions are broken through actions. Obedience. Obedience. That's how you break self-deceptions. A person that hears nice things, never take action, is self-deceived. 
they feel because I heard it, it means I'm doing it. No, because I heard it, I think I'm, I'm on it. Now, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Doing what? Deceiving yourself. You deceive yourself every time you don't do the word, you are only hearing it. Now, God knows that it takes a lot to do. It takes, I can talk about prayer till tomorrow and I don't pray. Plenty of books in the shelving libraries are written by prayerless people that are writing about prayer. Plenty CDs in your music store are recorded by eh, devil worshippers that are using gospel just for money. They're just making money. They don't know God. They don't worship God. But they figure out that, ah, if I put one, two, three together, people can buy it. When you are just a hearer and not a doer, you are a deceived person. You are hearing about prayer, but are you praying? If you are not, you are deceived. You are hearing about fasting. Hearing about fasting is nothing. Fasting is the thing. It's only when you are fasting that you are no more deceived. If it is just at the level, I'm hearing it. No, I know about fasting. You can even, I, even, I can even give this, this, this microphone and you will say something about fasting. You, you know that everybody here knows something about fasting. You're moving the scripture. You can hear a little lesson. This and this and that. About fasting. That's not where the power is. Are you fasting? Are you praying? Are you reading the word? <laughs> Are you into the things? That's where the real power is. Nothing to just hearing and talking. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Remember to subscribe to receive our latest service notifications and to share the link. You can also watch our pastor, Pastor Pascal, live on our Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ, or on our YouTube channel, Alive Bible Church SA. Remember, you are alive to give life. Can I